The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you. Among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We could pose this question to ourselves this morning. The question that Jesus posed to the crowds. What did you go out to see? What have you come here to see? What have you come here for? What are you looking for? And we would all respond in our own way, I'm sure. But we've come here this morning to see Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. We've come here to have an encounter with the living God. We've come here to worship. We've come here to be blessed, to receive God's blessing, His Word, His sacrament. A lot of reasons, a lot of motivations that we could all give. But all of these are absolutely rooted and grounded in faith in what God has revealed to us about Himself. We are responding in faith to what God has revealed to us. Amen? Now, how was that revealed to you? Maybe is different than how it's been revealed to me. Parents, teachers, priests, perhaps encounters with God that were very personal, God moments, God winks, all of those have contributed to your being here this morning. And it's good for us to be aware of that so that we're not just merely going through the motions. And that's how we then can continue to grow in faith, but not just a faith where we say, I believe in God, but it helps us to develop a real relationship with God. 
I think that's why Jesus was so fond of his cousin, John, because of the intimate relationship that they had. And because of John's witness to Jesus, John, as we know, was preparing the way. He was announcing that the Christ had come, the Lamb of God. Remember that? Behold the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. And if anybody was having doubts about Jesus, I don't think it was John. John was in prison, and I believe it was his disciples that were struggling with this Jesus. Because they heard John preaching fire and brimstone, you know, calling Herod to task, and, and really stirring the pot, you might say. And then they see Jesus, you know, and certainly he's having his... Uh, encounters with some of the religious leaders, but perhaps at this time in the gospel, not so much earlier on in his public ministry. But nevertheless, Jesus was not afraid of conflict. But I think it's safe to say that some of John's disciples were becoming disillusioned. And this is something that we can all struggle with. We can get disillusioned when we pray so hard for something and we hope so much for something and it doesn't happen. Has anyone been in that situation before? (laughs) And so John probably sensing that his disciples were getting disillusioned with Jesus because he wasn't approaching his ministry the same way that John himself was. John sends them to Jesus. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Because our man, your cousin, is in prison. Are you just going to let him sit there? You know? If you're the Christ, if you're the Messiah, why don't you break him out? What's going on? And then Jesus basically quotes from the prophet Isaiah, and it's the same text, really, that he read in the synagogue in Nazareth when they handed him the scroll from the book of the prophet Isaiah, if you remember that, Luke chapter 4. But Jesus leaves out one of the lines. He says, the blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. You could also translate that Blessed is the one who is not scandalized by me. Because guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to set this captive free. That's the one line that he left out. Which Isaiah talks about in which Jesus himself read at the synagogue in Nazareth. But right now in this moment, he leaves it out. He's not going to set his cousin free, but rather his cousin will bear ultimate witness to him by becoming a martyr for the sake of the truth. And the truth is not just something, as Pope Benedict liked to say, but it's someone. Ultimately, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life.
So this is something we all have to wrestle with. And today the scriptures encourage us to be patient and to keep hope alive because he is coming. I mean, he's already come. But we put ourselves in this first century mindset that the Jews had of expectation. They were waiting with great expectation for the Messiah. And we too are invited every year during this Advent season to raise our expectations. And not just necessarily for the world, we should do that, but for ourselves, for your own relationship with God. He wants to come again and again and again. He wants to reveal more of himself to you this Christmas season. He wants to affirm you in new ways. He wants to encourage you in new ways. He wants you to step out of your comfort zone, you might say, so that you can keep growing. My college football coach, when we would run wind sprints at practice, would be blowing his whistle. And he would be screaming, get out of the comfort zone! Get out of the comfort zone! Why was he yelling that? Because he knew that if we were just coasting, we wouldn't get better. We wouldn't grow. We wouldn't get stronger. We wouldn't gain more endurance. But we don't like to be pushed out of our comfort zone, right? Naturally, we don't tend to enjoy that. But we do enjoy the effects. And so we have to remember that. We have to remember the times when we were pushed, so to speak, when we were stretched out of our comfort zone and we grew, we matured, we overcame obstacles and setbacks. God wants you to keep growing. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Catholic. He wants you to keep growing in faith, hope, and love. He wants the relationship that he has with you to be something more profound and more personal, more intimate, more life-giving. That's what he wants. So he invites you to say yes to that. Just as Mary said yes to God's proposal to her, God has a proposal for you. And you know what that is. If you're sitting here, you know what God's proposal to you is. He's been speaking it to you for weeks, if not years. You know what it is. Ask God for the grace to say yes to that. And to put that into action, whatever it is. To respond to what God is already doing. Because he's the protagonist in your relationship with him. He's the one that takes the first step. He meets you where you're at. He's coming. <laughs> He's coming to meet you where you're at all the time. And then he extends his hand and he says, come on, follow me. Let's go. 
I want to spend some time with you. And I've got good plans for you. For a future and a hope. And nothing can get in the way of accomplishing my plan. Whether you say yes or not, God is going to save the world. He's already saved it. But he wants us to cooperate in that work. God wants us to cooperate in his work of redemption and salvation. Why? So that we can share in his glory in heaven. What we see now, it's like, it's like seeing in black and white, brothers and sisters. What we will see and what we will experience in heaven will blow your mind. Absolutely blow your mind. But the degree to which you celebrate in heaven is determined by how much you're engaged here on earth. So let's get engaged. I mean, you're all engaged. You're here because this place should be full, right? But what I'm telling you is there's more. Don't just check off the box here this morning and say, okay, I went to mass. Cool. Now I can get on with the rest of my week. Don't live like that. That's boring. I used to live like that. It's boring, I can assure you, compared to what I'm living now. Life in the spirit. Don't settle for a boring life. Get out of the comfort zone and live life to the full in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.